Welcome to Leadership Behind the Scenes with me, Nomi Natan, Executive Coach and Leadership Consultant. In this podcast, we champion human-friendly leadership because you're human first and leader second. We share tips and insights on how you can increase your impact and influence so you can be the leader you've always dreamt of being and feel proud when you look in the mirror. Welcome to another episode of Leadership Behind the Scenes. Today is part one of two episodes about the ejector seat. The ejector seat is the kind of role in an organization where it seems like no matter how hard you try to find the right candidate, no one's able to be really successful. It's like people go off on sick leave or they get fired or they just leave after a short while and this pattern keeps repeating. So what's going on? That's what we're talking about today and today is specifically about what the ejector seat is, how to avoid getting into the ejector seat and what to do if you are in a role that feels like you can't be successful in it and it might be an injector seat role. And then in the next episode, we'll talk about what to do if you are the leader or the manager for a role that you just can't successfully fill. So how do you deal with it if you have to fill an injector seat role? Take a breath and let's dive in. So a few years ago, we were moving to Oxford and we were looking for the ideal nursery for our soon-to-be two-year-old. It's quite hard to find a nursery from afar, but we thought we'd done well. We'd checked out websites, my husband had been on a day trip and it seemed ideal. And of course, our little one had a tiny little wobble as she started a new nursery, but that was all normal. And other than that... She seemed to settle in quickly. She would run in to get dressed in the, you know, dress up clothes they had. She would play in the play kitchen. She would run around. She would nap nicely and comfortably. And she'd be happy when we dropped her and happy when we picked her up. And so all was well, or so we thought. But then a month into us being around this nursery, the manager who had looked quite exhausted, uh, was leaving. And the way we were told it was clear that it hadn't been her choice, uh, that she was no longer going to be working there. And there were only three adults working in this nursery. So this was a significant change and we were a little worried. Um, And at the same time, several kids seemed to be leaving and moving to other nurseries, which also seemed a little weird. But a new manager started and She was better. I mean, she was more energetic. She seemed more experienced. She had a great vibe and calmness about her. Kids loved her. We loved her. And we really spent some time getting to know her to to know that we were comfortable keeping our daughter in this nursery. And all was well. Until six weeks later, when she didn't turn up to work, and I think the day after, we received an email saying that this manager would no longer come back. I was in shock. I got furious, then frustrated and angry and even scared. I was like, what is this? How can I send my daughter here when I don't know who's going to be there and who's in charge? And 
the kids kept leaving also the nursery and another another of the adults was leaving voluntarily but we got hold of this previous manager and we started getting information about this nursery because what I'd done is I had emailed the people who had been in charge of finance basically telling them that this wasn't okay. They needed to bring this manager back. She was wonderful. And that they needed to speak to the owners about this. And what I didn't realize was that, of course, the finance people were the owners and they had no intention of bringing her back because they had an issue with her. So that's when I got really worried. And I started stalking parents outside the nursery. I was like, I need to talk to someone. I need to find information about what to do and what's going on here. And um, and if you know anything about nurseries, the way at least it is in the UK, any good nursery will have a waiting list. I mean, this is what I only realized later on, that you should always be suspicious if you can get into a nursery straight away. Be suspicious unless there's a very good reason or, you know, someone just opened a new nursery, you want to be suspicious if there's not a waiting list. So anyway, I, I caught one day this one mom, she was holding her bike and wanted to rush off to work. And I, and I caught her and I said, please, please, I need to ask you a question. Can I stop you for a second? And, you know, her face looked impatient, but she was very sweet. And, and she said, sure, what's up? And I said, well, I'm worried about the nursery because, you know, we've been here less than three months and there's already been two managers and I was talking about all the changes and she said, um, yeah, it's been like this the whole time. We've been here two and a half years and there's been nine managers. We're leaving the summer, our daughter's starting school, but if it wasn't for that, I would have moved my daughter. And my jaw dropped open. Because, I mean, you don't have to be a leadership consultant or know anything about organizational systemic dynamics to know that nine managers in two and a half years in a small little nursery in Oxford, something's up. That's not normal. And it was clear in that moment that, of course, we had to start looking for another nursery and get her on every waiting list we could because this wasn't going to change. It wasn't about the nursery finding the right manager. Something was up. It couldn't have been that all nine managers were wrong. In fact, we loved the last one. I'm wondering whether you've experienced something similar. Maybe you have been in a position where it seemed like you couldn't be successful or maybe you worked in an organization where you've seen that role where no one seems to be successful or you've had to hire for this role and you're like, we, we just can't find the right candidate. We must be doing something wrong. Why can't we find the right candidate? Well, I'll tell you what, this role has a name from the work of systemic constellations that I'm trained in. It's called the ejector seat. And the ejector seat exactly is exactly this in an organization. It's one that it doesn't matter who the person is, they can't be successful. This is exactly what this nursery had. They had an ejector seat in the managerial position. No one that was coming in there. And actually, we stayed a few more months because it, it was taking us time to get into another quality uh, nursery and, and someone else got promoted and became the manager. And she was there for a while. She had 
horrible, I mean, horrific car accident, which was clearly caused by the stress of the job. And um, and she was booted out also. I mean, the end, the end, the owner of the nursery took over and we were given all kinds of information um, that just made it feel very uncomfortable and unsafe. And um, we tried to do something about it, but weren't able actually to do very much. But I wanted to tell you this because this ejector seat is a slippery, tricky thing in organizations. And it's so important to be aware of and understand a little bit more about. So, of course, there's two aspects. And today I want to talk to you if you have been in the ejector seat or if you're looking for a new job because you want to make sure you don't end up in the ejector seat. The best thing, of course, is to never end up in the ejector seat in the first place. And so before you even start a job, I want you to pay attention and ask, ask lots of questions. If you're coming from outside the organization, you just have to ask and ask for access to people. So find this out. What happened to the person in this role before me? Why did they leave? How long were they in the role? And if they're only there for a short period of time, who was there before that person? And how long were they there? And you kind of want to see if there's a pattern. If people only seem to be there, you know, a year or less. And if it seems that they leave kind of sudden and there's no good explanation for why they're leaving, you want to be suspicious and and maybe this is not the right job because you don't want to end up in the ejector seat. And this might be the time to tell you, you know, how is the ejector seat created in the first place? What is it that creates an ejector seat? It's not like someone wants an ejector seat in an organization. But really, it tends to happen. And this is, you know, I don't know how many managers that had been beyond these nine ones that I heard about in two and a half years. Um, you have to go back to the original wound or the original person that where there was a problem and there will always be a problem. So you have to dig in to the organizational history and find out what is it that happened. And it might have been someone that was unfairly dismissed or someone that went off on sick leave because something was off in the organization or and, and they weren't treated properly. Something is off and someone wasn't dealt with in an appropriate, respectful, fair manner. And because of that, it's kind of like the the wound keeps opening. It won't heal. The organizational wound, I don't know whether this feels true to you, but I can tell you that organizations do have a consciousness, an energy of its own. It's, it's alive in that it has memory. You know this in a way that you walk into an organization and there is, there is an energy, there's a culture that doesn't belong to one specific person, but it sort of belongs to the organization. And so roles also have that. They have an energy about them. There are roles that are delightful to take on and there are roles that are painful and no fun to take. And you know it when you work in an organization. Oh, for sure I don't want that role. And it's not just about who you're reporting to. It's something about the setup. So it could be all the way back to the setup of that role or it could have been along the way something happened to someone. And for whatever reason, even if people try to deal with it properly, something is unfair finished and that unfinished business keeps appearing so that the organization has a chance to heal and complete this. 
So for you not to end up in the ejector seat, you want to ask what happened to the people before. Now, what if you're already in a role where it seems that it's pretty hard to succeed in this role? I'm struggling here and you maybe already have information that other people have struggled to stay in this role also. This is where you might want to work with a constellator, someone trained in family or organizational constellations, because uh, that's the kind of training I have. And I know lots of quality people. They are quality people across the globe that are trained in this methodology that can help you look at the system dynamics and how you can free yourself up from that. But in the meantime, before you do that, here's the thing you can do. I want you to start doing two things. One thing is to say, what happened to those people before me is not mine to take on. What happened to those that came before me is not mine to take on. I leave it with them respectfully. Because in a way, unconsciously, we take on stuff from those of us, from those that have been before in this role. And it's true, we need to have a certain humidity that we're there because of them or because they left the role. <laughs> That's why it was vacant in the first place. We could get it. But really sort of separating yourself and see if you can say those words. Obviously, it's not from the rational mind. This is not a rational exercise. This is a much more emotionally connected exercise. So I want you to do that. And the second thing I want you to do is if hopefully you have a good relationship with other people in the organization, start finding out information and seeing if there is something that could be done for ideally the original person that had trouble staying in this role, the person who had a bad ending. Most likely it's a bad ending and this is how the ejector seat effect was started. You might not have any power and it's really slippery. I coached a, a woman quite a few years back and she was struggling in this role. This is why she got coaching. And as I started asking her, find out more about who's been in this role before. She came back with data and that made me straight away tell her about the ejector seat. I said, I think you're in a difficult role. I don't know what's happened, but something's off here. And I sort of gave her the task to go back and see if she could find out more information. And uh, we never had the next coaching session. I kept emailing her, but she was no longer there. She never reached out to me to tell me what happened and I wasn't able to get hold of her. But this is the thing that very often happen in, in organizations in that ejector seat is people just can't stay. It's not because they're the wrong candidate. You just can't stay in that kind of role. So best thing is, Don't don't get into an ejector seat role in the first place. And if, if you're there, seek help and and try and separate yourself from what happened before, but also acknowledge the history of it. So it's a funny bit of you don't want to take it on personally, but the organization has to remember what happened. I'm going to say more about that in the next episode because I want to tell you the solution to if, if you're the person who has to fill a role, if you have to fill a role that seems to be an ejector seat role, what do you do then? How do you right the wrong that might be the cause for this ejector seat? Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please do share it with your friends and colleagues. And it would mean the world to me if you would leave a review in iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play, wherever it is that you're listening, as it will help other people find the podcast. 
If you don't want to miss another episode, do subscribe here and head over to nominatan.com and sign up for my email list too. Now take a breath. Because no matter how busy we are, there's always time to breathe. Have a great day.